Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Don Wetrick. He is the founder and CEO of the Start Ed Up Foundation, which hosts Innovate Within, Indiana's Innovation Entrepreneurship Programming and Competition. Don, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Dane. Bro. Start Ed Up. Yeah. I'm assuming that's edu- education, huh? Yeah. So it's a funny story. It was going to be Startup Ed, uh, and somebody had bought that domain and parked it and tried to sell it for a lot of money. And so Started Up it was. And I actually, I like it now because we're a startup culture within education. Therefore, our ed is a little bit bigger in the middle, smaller, lowercase. Right. I, I think maybe you should you should format. I mean, if I just had any uh, ability to offer any uh, criticism or critique of the name, I think you should write it so the ED is capitalized because start and up are capitalized and ED is lowercase. And so it just doesn't pop. Well, I... I've, that, that was intentional too, because um, we're a startup culture with a, a little bit in your education day. We're we're intentionally trying to integrate more um, startup culture and innovation inside education, but we know that right now we're um, having to squeeze it in. Thus, the lowercase. That makes perfect sense. Good. Okay, so so how'd you get into this? You were a former high school teacher. Yeah, I read. Yeah, somewhere. I still feel like I am. But um, long story made short, I, I got this almost spiritual awakening. Somebody had sent me a um, a link to Daniel Pink's TED Talk, gosh, 12 years ago, I bet. And uh, watching it, he was talking about what really motivated people. And he's talking about how Lassian and more famously Google had their Google time. I was thinking, why don't we have that in school? So I asked my principal, uh, hey, could I have my own time where my students got to work on the things that they always wanted to work on and they were passionate about they wanted to work on school got in their way and um i was also naive enough to think hey i need to call that dan pink guy and see if he'll help me and i did and he did and uh that really got us kick started too is that we we kept falling into this um really interesting thought space of of what was innovation what was entrepreneurship um and so the class was called innovation and open and open source learning Interesting. Wow. Okay. So let's see. Daniel Pink is the author of Drive. Among is there a no- oh among, among others? Yeah. 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 But but okay. Drive Drive was the TED talk he was talking about, and basically, yeah, he was like talking about mastery, autonomy, and purpose. And and what I looked at when I was teaching, I gave a lot of my students a lot of autonomy. At the time, I also had a um, like a documentary film class, um, but I, like. I liked it because there was a lot of parents that would say, you know what, they're not teaching in today's schools. And they all had different angles on what they thought their kids should be learning in school. And I thought, what, right. what, was, what if there was this destination where the kids could like, I've always wanted to acquire this skill. 
And so we called it innovation. But then I knew that a lot of things that they wanted to work on, I had no um, frame of reference. So we open sourced that. And so I had my students really use LinkedIn a lot and Twitter to reach out to people and say, hey, I'm working on this thing. Could you spend time talking to my class for 20 or so minutes? And that open source learning model is where it got nuts. The Rolodex of the class got crazy. Um, and then kind of why I'm on the show, it's funny. We started off as an innovation class and it morphed into an entrepreneurship class because if the students were working on something and it was really cool, they did it for an audience of one. They did it for their teacher. Mm -hmm. That's dumb. And so after a while, I was like, right. we, we should do this event you just talked about or this service you talked about or this app you're starting to write. And it turned entrepreneurial. And then my favorite part, Dane, because we kept reaching out to entrepreneurs, they were enthralled because I know that you know this. Entrepreneurs didn't have the best opinions of traditional school. Right. <laughs> and so right. when they learned that my kids were like having time to work on the things that they felt important and try and error and mess up and fail, that's when it got fun. Wow. Okay. So let's back up. First off, you let high school kids loose on LinkedIn. Yes. They, I would assume that they're, you know, that most of them didn't have accounts, didn't, you know, didn't have their profile set up. How did that, how did that, you know, go? Was that a good use of school time? Was that a good, you know, social network for the kids to be on? Like, how did, oh, t talk to me about that. Maybe the best decision I've made. And, and quite frankly, credit where credit's due. Um, you know, I had um, a principal and a superintendent that also gave that the green light. But yeah, I mean, Let's, let's just go through a, a, a fake scenario. So I have a student that says, hey, I want to learn how to code a basic game and put it on the iTunes store. I'm like, great. I don't know how to do that. But there's one superpower teachers have. We either know a lot of people because we taught long. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, who's who's in your macro area, right? So I'm in Indianapolis. All right. So who would know something about that? Well, let's see. Who's in our town? We have a big Salesforce office. We have Roche. We have blah, blah, blah. Great. Who do you know that art works there by looking at LinkedIn or who do you want it with? And when they did that, it also solved that problem of, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. If you start right. getting 15 to 18 year olds knowing people that are awesome, I think mm -hmm. that was one of the best byproducts of that class is that the kids started really reaching out to some A-list people. And I think that at one time it came to competition. Actually, it's funny, credit where credit's due. I had them read a section from um, Tim Ferriss's book for our work week. And there's a chapter in there about he went to a college class and he, he more or less challenged them like, you know, who would you want to reach out to an interview if you had 30 minutes? And spoiler alert, the class, he even like offered up a dollar amount and no one in the class tried. And so I had my students reach out and read that and they're like, okay, let's call Tim Ferriss. Let's reach out to Tim. So we did. <laughs> and it was goose eggs. It was nothing. And so like two days later, I had, that's just one of my favorite stories. I had three girls in class and they go, Wetrick, I've got a great idea. Let's take a picture of us looking really sad and then say, we took your advice and you're ignoring us. And I'm like, that's genius. So I that took is. this picture and this girl's where they had like their hand under their chin, giving the sad face. I said, hey, at T. Ferris, our students read your chapter and taking your advice. Would you please get back with us? And I'll never forget it. Like five minutes later, also get this notification, Tim Ferriss follows you. Then 20 seconds later, a DM. The DM is, haha, you got me. Let's jump on a Skype call. Um, 
But the students started to realize the power of that, of, of positive networking. And, um, and then quite frankly, yeah, the school was open towards it because in a lot of cases, LinkedIn is a professional network. And this right. wasn't like one-on-one, -on -one, you know, meet me after school at McDonald's kind of stuff. It's like Skype into my class and, and, and talk to uh, my fellow students. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. I hadn't, I'd never considered that, but that is, that's a uh, really good. And I think that's a, something that, yeah, we need to bring to more schools. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you game the system, you, you push the algorithm up because if I had 30 kids in that class, all 30 kids liked and retweeted and, and commented on the thing to Tim. And of course right. he's going to have a greater chance of seeing it. So right. it, it's, you, you, you put the power of that with the students. Um, yes, I think that every, there should be an innovation open source learning class in every high school. My biased opinion. So, yeah, no. And, uh, I mean, I feel like when I was in high school, the things that I, you know, really learned were those things that I was working on myself with my friends, you know, that we were doing after school or during school when we should have been doing, you know, our, our homework or whatever, our worksheets or whatever. But yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it kind of morphed into a lot of things. And, you know, again, I'm standing on the shoulders of student giants for sure, but we had enough craziness go on um, that I ended up writing a book about it. The book did better than I thought. Um, and then we got, I caught the, uh, eyes and ears of, uh, our state's, um, ecosystem team and, uh, India Economic Development Corporation at the governor's office. And so they said, Hey, we've got this crazy idea. We would like for you to lead an effort to have like a, a kid's shark tank. And even then I was like, I, I don't like kids shark tanks. They're normally great big ideas that they're well-meaning. Right. That are, that are not right. They're well-meaning, but not realistic. Right. And yeah. Right. And they go, okay, well, then what would you want to do differently? And, um, man, they were so willing to work with this crazy teacher. And, and so in the first couple of years I was a helper and I was in the backgrounds and then at year three, they go, Hey man, it's yours. And, um, we've grown in the scale of this thing ever since it's just, it's huge. It's well over 4,000 students now this year. And, and, um, it's just fun. Wow. So, Okay, so walk me through all of the things you do with these, you know, 4,000 students. Yeah, so the first thing we do is, um, well, we're, we're, so one of the, my favorite things we do, we now have a teacher fellowship where um, we have identified teachers that are really invested in, and have a focus and a passion for innovation, not entrepreneurship, because we have discovered that great teachers that focus on this have more to do with economic development than anyone ever really realized. So we have, we have teacher fellows from across the state that are number one and great ambassadors. Um, by the way, we still have a lot of students that sign up that don't have a teacher fellow, but we like it if they, um, but then, um, we have a call out and for several months, they can go through the curriculum at their pace. And then, um, we close it out in early February. And of those several things we have to grade, we narrow it down, um, from six different, um, regions and we have a top 10 for each region. And so, um, round one moves into round two, and then we have the mm -hmm. regional finals again, spread out all over the state. A lot of times they're at, you know, universities, fine universities from across the beyond. Um, and, you know, if they win that university, they're immediately, oh, by the way, even if they get into the regional, they meet with their local SBDC counselor. And I love that. Um, this has oh, been great. a, yeah. this has been a many hands, uh, involved thing. 
first of all, we don't even have the capacity to meet with all those teams, but the SPD counselors love it. And, um, yeah, they, they go through that process. And so if they win, they, they immediately get a, a cash inflection in, uh, of, of, um, seed funding to go on to the state finals at the state level. We have top 10 teams from across the state. Um, the thing I love is they're guaranteed no matter what to win an all expense trip paid to another city. This year it's going to be Washington, DC. Um, which by the way, side note on that, people are like, well, th if this is a contest for Indiana, why are you taking them to DC or Austin or, you know, San Francisco? The reason why is we want them to build networks, right? Uh, absolutely want them to build networks and, and, and work with other ecosystem developers. Uh, but, uh, so they're automatically qualified for that trip. And, um, at the top 10 level, we have it here in Indianapolis, uh, top prize is $25,000 in seed funding, an additional $10,000 per person in college funding. Um, and access to some of the coolest net. Actually, all the kids have access to the network. We're, we're quite proud of where it is now. Um, but, uh, at, at the, at the request of our governor, he was even saying, he's like, how are we tracking these students? Because they're beyond amazing. And so we now have an alumni association. If you're a regional or state finalist, we now are in year seven, uh, which actually this is uh, by the time this airs, it'll be public. One of our, um, alumni from last year, he's just a freshman in college was just named Forbes 30 under 30. Oh my. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Dave, the sophistication of this competition has gotten to be ridiculous. I mean, absolutely. And, and, and by the way, we believe that a lot of it's our teacher fellows and a lot of teachers spend that year on making pivots that this isn't a, oh. like we we're saying a crazy idea thrown down on paper. It's, it's been well thought out. And, and then quite frankly, thing, what I'm excited about is, is that our curriculum is see a problem as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. We humbly ask that you do not submit a food truck idea unless you're solving a problem. We ask that you don't submit another dope t-shirt line idea unless it's solving a problem. Now, if a student says, hey, I'm starting this t-shirt line to create awareness for this blah, 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 and there's a market for that and it's underrepresented, like, great. But it, it, I'm so proud of the sophistication of the students these days. It's shocking. So what are some examples of, of these that they're submitting? Oh, man. This is where you're also going to be like, wow, that's, that's a wide variety. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go over some winners from the last couple of years. Uh, three years ago, okay. um, we had two students from very rural Indiana. Their problem was um, fishing lures you get at most big chain stores do not come in the right color or consistency for crappie fishing in southern Indiana in the fall. Okay. So these yeah, boys, right. Very niche. So yep. these boys started Sibco because they were going to fishing trade shows and listening to fishermen. And they do their own plastic injection, molded, shad, worms, crawdads. They now have sales in all 50 states and Europe. Um, oh, my goodness. Fishing lures. Wow. Fishing okay. lures. They hit the trade shows. And their, their other killer thing was is that they understood that fishermen are on Facebook. And, hey, if you catch a big lunker with one of our lures, right. tag right. us. Um, let's see. Two years ago, uh, I should say last year, we had two young ladies that their problem was, I won't say what company, that there's one company that every year they um, have like t-shirts they'll sell for 4th of July for $5. And they said, that's that's immediate landfill. And so their problem was, how do we repurpose those t-shirts into something that we could upcycle? 
long story made short, they set up a, a little base camp at the farmer's market. They had, um, they asked people to donate jeans and old t-shirts. They shredded the t-shirts and then cut jean pattern bone things for what looks like a dog bone. They did this because their second problem was that their local shelter was a no-kill shelter and they were severely underfunded. And so they were making 10 a week. And, and, and by the way, this is one of my favorite stories. Because they go on to second round, they schedule their appointment with their SBDC counselor. This school is up near Chicago. So it's in like in the Gary area. So I didn't know about these resources, but the SBDC counselor goes, so wait a second. You're selling out within five minutes. You guys just can't keep up the production. Like, no, it takes a long time to sew these. As fate would have it, there was an organization called Tradewinds that hires exclusively adults with special needs. And you know what they do? Mm -hmm. They sew and assemble things together. Oh, my goodness. So these two 16-year-old girls were responsible for hiring more special needs adults and upping their production to not only get bad landfill out, to upcycle, to employ more. And then they were raising a lot of money for their local humane 16 year old girls. I, yeah, that's amazing. Full disclosure, at the time they won, they were 15. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they were our youngest winners ever. Um, anyway, this, this year's winner, they had discovered in their biomed class that um, a lot of times on pick lines and catheters, that at the site you get infected. And so mm -hmm. they thought, there's got to be, because like normally you know it's infected because you're sore and it's red. And so um, they basically had like a little interceptor from the tube that was kind of a basic, almost like similar to what a COVID test is, that it could discover um, small amounts of, of bacteria and that you would know that you're about to get an infection on your pick line. Oh my. And the judges were like, what? Yeah, that's wow, why haven't we done that? Yeah. That's incredible. I, wow, okay. Yeah. So so much so that they at, at the contest, they're like, some of the judges are like, you need to get a provisional patent now. Immediately, right. And they did. Again, like, I, I could go on for hours with stories, like literally hours. But um, why I love this, though, is that every single year, everybody thinks, well, this is like an app challenge, right? Nope. None of those were apps. Do we get a lot of app submissions? Absolutely. And, right. and ironically enough, and I won't go into this one, but um, we had one young man that has basically had a good wireframe. It wasn't done yet. He came mm -hmm. in third in his region, did not make it on the state. Someone in the audience approached the kid afterwards. He goes, you're closer than you think. I would like to buy you out. And then. Oh, my goodness. Right. Oh, 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 it gets better. And he goes, what year are you? So I'm a senior. He goes, I would like for you to wait a year. I will pay you $50,000 to finish this and not go to college. He acquired the app for 100K. An 18-year-old got 150K. Wow. So even though he didn't win, it's, it's been like this voice or American Idol stage of entrepreneurship. And, and, and I'm giving you all the great stories of you know, the, the ones that won, the ones right. that didn't win are astounding. And in some cases, I'm, 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 I am still having, you're giving me some of my favorite, most entertaining stories. Um, we had one young man that his pitch was the simple. He goes, listen, I don't want to go to college. I just want to hunt and fish. And he goes, my plan is I've been working for my boss and my mentor and his words, he stuffs deer and shellacs bass. 
and he makes really good money doing it and he needs to retire. If I win the $25,000, I will pay for him to retire. But his, right. but his plan was, and by the way, it addresses the gray wave because a lot of entrepreneurs in the state right, are course. aging out. And so right. this guy's like, yeah, my plan is to buy the guy out and have him retire. Like, it, 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 of course he didn't win. I mean, because like we're looking for like, but like that kid's actually going to do it. Actually, he did. He, but yeah, he's actually going to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So instead of the, I'm going to invent an app that cures all the things and does all the stuff, he was like, I know how to place better Facebook ads than my mentor. I would like to take him over and bet my career. Love it. So love it. Nice. Right. And that's, that's just incredible because, you know, there were other people in the audience who heard this and, and thought, you know what, I could do something similar or, um, that's the thing about all this. It, it's got to inspire everybody who's there, everybody who's watching, everybody who's, you know, part of the program or knows somebody in the program. All of this has to be really, really inspiring and, and open their eyes to all these opportunities that you know, maybe they didn't know. Yeah, they didn't know about. And it gets them away from this entrepreneurship is just building apps that, you know, that, uh, you know, they, where you click the like button and all that, right? There's yeah. more to it. There's all these options. That's incredible. So how come this is not national? How come this is not everywhere? Um, we're working on that. Um, yeah. Hopefully with the show, also more word gets out. But uh, I think that's that's what we're compelled to do. That's um, now literally, yeah, a, a, a very much a focus. Um, we actually are, are having talks with three states right now. In a couple other countries, and and um, yeah, I, I I think that um, I, I mean I, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, sometimes it's it's the willingness of schools to open up time for this. Sure. Um, right. I, right. I, at most optimal, this is not an after school thing. And yet, I will no, also write this. Yeah. yeah, I will also say sometimes when you treat things like school, you'll get school results. And listen, man, I taught for twenty five years. So I'm not dogging on school, like. We're literally telling you to fail as early as you can to get great feedback. We're literally telling you, get people to tell you your product sucks. And that right. is so against school culture, only get an A. I like, right, it's, of course. You know, collaboration is cheating other places. Well, no, it's not here. And so it's been mm -hmm. refreshing. And then the, the schools that are really doing well have now showcased that they're doing well and schools that were more reluctant it's that competitive spirit of, well, we should start doing this. So, uh, you know, as we're expanding, we're trying to hit the schools that are either appreciating it or they desire it. Because when they're voluntold, it doesn't work. And right. I, I, I will say that uh, there are some places where you're like, oh, we'll go to these schools because they deserve it. They have to want to. At least, and what we really special is, and we find one Trojan horse teacher. And that one Trojan horse teacher kind of slips it past the goalie a little bit. The kids know that that's where the action's at. And then the, our other secret sauce here, Dane, is, is that we work with a lot of local mayors and, and state politicians because just like literally it does not matter what your party is, you want this. Right, of course. And I think that's where we've been so lucky. And, and you obviously have known some of our um, ecosystem development team here in Indiana. We have worked so well with them. We're not officially, you know, we, 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 we work with the state, um, for sure, 
but like we're not a state program. Um, right. But we worked so well with the IDC team. They're, they're wonderful people to work with. I guess that brings up how is this all funded? How, you know, who pays for this ultimately? You get sponsors or what, what happens? My dad bought Dogecoin years ago. Sure. <laughs> Thank you for not taking me seriously for one second. Uh, no, it started off without a doubt as a P3 with Indiana um, and then quickly became uh, several universities across the state. Then it became a corporate sponsor. Then it became a, where was this when I was 16 individual donor? Um, right. So it's, it's, it's a variety for sure. Um, with each passing month, it's, it is a, we're getting discovered by entrepreneurs that wait, where was this when I was 16? And then quite frankly, that's been pushing the other state being interested because some of these other people we're meeting are like, I'm not from there, but I want this in my jurisdiction. So. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's so interesting because it's just another part of this sort of workforce education. I mean, you're training up students to, to, to be entrepreneurial and to, um, you know, find problems and solve them and solve them in such a way that there's a market for them. And in all of those kinds of things, this is just a whole nother piece of this, I guess, changing sort of nature of uh, school and, and education and, and, you know, workforce training. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I have the most fun job. And the, what, I bet. I, what I really, what I really like, and my team will tell you this is, I prefer to be in the classroom. Um, and so this has given me the freedom to go to a lot of schools and rile up the kids. We, we joke that I'm back to a, you know, a new grandparent role, but I get to go and visit the kids and rile them up. I just don't have to put them to bed, you know, right, give, exactly. give them sugar and candy and then leave. But uh, no, I, I want, I want them to get riled up. And I think that the, the, the exciting thing is Gen Z is not, is not very apathetic, but they also don't know sometimes where to start. And so when they're like, I, I don't like, I don't like what's going on over here where we're like, okay, like changing your profile picture isn't doing anything. What do you want to do? Sure. And so oh, uh, the other that's little interesting. pithy yeah. saying that we have, and this is what cuts to our kids deep. They're like, when I tell them this, they go, ow. I said, listen, successful people are always uploading. The rest of us are scrolling. And so true. that hits them. And so, which by the way, you know who their favorite entrepreneur is? Almost universally. Whenever I go to school, I ask them who their favorite entrepreneur is. They kind of give me the, yo, oh, probably Mark or Elon or blah, blah, blah. And so I go, well, mine is Mr. Beast. And their eyes right. light up and they're like, oh my gosh. They didn't think about it. They don't even think of it that way, right? right? Yeah. But I'm like, he's among the best entrepreneurs out there. And so, matter of fact, one of my favorite times, I, I asked the kids, I was like, hey, what problem is he solving? And one student gave the best answer that I've heard thus far. He said, he's solving the problem of he's being the exact opposite of all the influencers our parents hate. Right. <laughs> I know what he meant. He's like, this guy gives back and the rest of them make it all about me, me, me. And I'm like, and so the, the kids are like, if you can make capitalism cool, like Mr. Beast does, I'm in. And so we're trying to get students to see problems as opportunities, build a network of great mentors because you can't and shouldn't do it alone. And then upload your solution to the world. Right. That's it. That's our oh, playbook. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it. Oh man, that's awesome. Wow this this has been really um, this is amazing. This is uh, I didn't uh, I wasn't expecting this uh, from our conversation that you had such a really such a cool story and such a cool program. Well, thank you. Uh, we're proud of it. 
we really are. Um, you can find more about it at startedupfoundation.org. Um, it, if you know some local leaders, we're actually expanding our teacher fellowship. So if you know, matter of fact, this is what I say. Like, I'm not looking for a teacher. I'm looking for the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, our teacher fellowship, most of them are not business teachers. We have a lot of engineering teachers. We have a lot of math teachers. We have a lot of language arts teachers. We have a lot of home ec or facts, family and super science teachers. Sure. Um, it's the teacher that wants to see students work on projects that are not just school. It's the teacher that the okay. kids flock to. If you know that, right. if you know that teacher, please share this episode with them. Give us a holler. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And have them reach out because, yeah. Wow. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm Dane, I'll give you my email in the description notes. Um, oh, sure. I'll put it in. Yeah, yeah no, th- this is good. And, and you know, economic developers, like teachers, they know everybody. And they know those those teachers that are the ones the kids flock to, the ones that are, you know, pushing the kids above and beyond what's on the, you know, the page and, you know, all that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, and one of the reasons why I was really excited to be on your show is that, um, number one, the lady that pointed it out to me, I think mutual friends um but they're like the ecosystem teams that i've met are so in tune to this and they have such an integral job that i think the rest of the world is now starting to go oh my gosh what you guys are working on is incredible so um that's just why i'm just always inspired and and love working with the ecosystem team here and uh, yeah, like it's just you guys do such important work, um, and I thank you for having a guest on this because sometimes the only thing you guys don't do is to your own horn. <laughs> you're out there, right, exactly. You guys are yeah. out there supporting all the cool startups you're help fostering, but you're not out there going, "Hey, um, kind of helped with that." <laughs> so yeah, right, right, right. Excellent. Well, Don, this has been awesome. Um, I hope that, you know, we can have you back on when, when, uh, you know, in a year or so when you expand a little bit and we can, you know, see how it's going, but I hope that anybody that knows anybody contacts you and, you know, I just, I just hope this keeps going. This is awesome. Well, thank you. And then by the way, I should have given credit with Chris too. Julie Heath was really the one that pointed me to your work and, uh, really love what she's doing. And, and thank you, Julie, for listening to this, but yeah, like, and, and let us know how we can help all the you know ecosystem developers out there. My gosh, you guys are the backbone of of uh, of each state. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.